The truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Welcome back to Civil Diligence, Politics Made Simple for the Everyday Millennial and Why You Should Give a Damn. Hope you are Gucci and in the kingdom being great and taking names just like the young king and queen that you are. I'm okay myself. I filed my taxes and well, let me just say I'm trying to be okay. I'm pissed. Fuck this tax plan. Fuck this system. I'm kind of over it and I may have a differing opinion later on in life. But as of now, I am a little PO'd and yeah, fuck it. Clearly, you know I'm not getting a refund and I'm alive. I can eat. And for the record, I really do despise this new tax plan. That is all. As you know, I like to start my show off with disclaimers. So let's get into them. One. I curse Two, Although I am educated, I will mess up the English language. Three, we won't see eye to eye all the time, but we can be respectful, have the conversation and keep it moving. Four, I'm in the kingdom. That is my qualifications on speaking on today. Five, things might change by the time you listen. So keep that in mind. Let's move into things that I am here for this week. Things that I'm here for is a nice light segment that brings you utter joy that has happened since the last time we have spoken. The thing that I am here for this week is the interview with R. Kelly and Gail King. I just want to be as unbothered as Gail was in that interview. Whoever told Robert to do that interview, he should be fired. Or he or she, somebody's PR. You shouldn't have told him to do that because that wasn't a good look. (laughs) I'm just saying. It did not make us believe him any more than if he was just silent. In fact, it just made us think of you worse. Like, my God, you should have just shut the complete fuck up about it and just testified in court because that just wasn't a good look and I just felt like at the end of the interview well I knew he's going to jail after so many people coming out against you and you've been doing this for 20 plus years yeah you're going to jail and they want you to go to jail for 70 years you're serving some of that time if he doesn't I'm just going to say throw the whole goddamn system away because for somebody who could serve 60 years for drugs or conspiracy to do drugs, almost the same amount as if you murder somebody and somebody who has been a sexual predator for 20 plus years doesn't get a lick of time, this damn system is rigged and needs to be fixed because that don't make no damn sense. That is really not what I'm here for, what I came to preach. I really just came for, and what I am here for is how unbothered Gerald King is. And I want to be that 
in my life. I am trying to aspire to be as unbothered when I get old. Me and my good friend have, we have the saying that, you know, if you can't handle the small stuff now, how are you going to handle the big stuff later? And I'm, I, that has like been my MO like for a while now. And I'm just... <sighs> I'm trying to get there. Like when Michelle Obama said, when they go low, you go high. And I'm convinced that it's maturity into that. And I'm not quite there. My God. But seeing women such as Gail King dismiss nonsense gives me hope that someday I too can persevere and be just as unbothered, just as unbothered. Because all I want to do is be in the kingdom, maintain my health care, grow my edges, gain a booty. That's all I want to do. Because sometimes it is so hard to be unbothered and unnerved by the nonsense of the world. So, Gail King, I salute you. Because it is hard to tell. And I know that in the field of journalism, you've had to pray a couple of times. So I salute you. I really do. Another thing that I'm here for this week, Paul Manafort is actually serving time. So I think that that's pretty darn cool because I really didn't think he was going to serve time like that. Granted, I'm a little bothered. Not a whole lot but a little bit that he's only serving, I think, like seven years or an additional 43 months to the 47 months that he was already going to serve. And my thing is this. People are about to, like, prosecute Monica Lewinsky. Lewinsky. Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> Whatever the girl's name is um, who Bill Clinton had an affair with. They're going to prosecute her and give her 23 years if she didn't, like, testify or she didn't produce documents. But they only give this white man about seven-plus years for what he did, which was clearly a crime. So, and before somebody says, one of my listeners says that, oh, what does white guy have to do with anything? I, we could argue that in the criminal justice system, being a white, wealthy man and not prosecuting all white wealthy men because some of you all are pretty okay. Y'all are okay with me. But the system does tend to go in wealthy white men's favor and serving time. Like the prison that he's going to go to probably won't be the same prison that somebody else will go to who doesn't have money. So I just think that that is, um, that is interesting. And I'm here that he's serving time because there was a time, point in time that I didn't think he was going to serve a lick of time for the crimes that he has committed, which was embezzlement to the highest degree and like collusion. I don't know if it was collusion, but I know it was a hella embezzlement terms. And if I did this like earlier on in my episode so if you were remotely curious about that you can go back to that episode but that is really all that I am here for this week you all can tell me what you're here for this week or next week or the next time that we all come back 
to each other by emailing civildiligence at gmail.com. All right. Now that we got that out the way, let's go into what I want to talk about. Although I have a plethora of topics to talk about, because there's a lot that happens in the world, I'm going to go on Trump. Yeah, I really want to talk about Trump and how we... (laughs) He uh, didn't have a great past week or really a few weeks, really since the beginning of this um, year. It's been a little rough for the boy or the man, child. And I really want to talk about it. So it's not uncommon for presidents to have bad days, weeks, months, or whole presidencies. Nixon, Carter, and Clinton could testify to that. But it just seems like this administration in the last few weeks just hasn't been given any good nuts lately. In the latest Gallup poll, Trump's approval rating is averaging around 43%. Now, this isn't uncommon in president's third year in office. Obama had an approval rating of 47. Clinton had an approval rating of 46. And Reagan had an approval rating of 40%. So again, it's not terribly uncommon and they can still turn it around to have a decent presidency. So for all those Trump fans out there that really want him to do well or just for the people who really don't want to see him fail because again we are are tied to the madness there is still hope still hope however for a president that has been behind the eight ball since he started his presidency it's kind of disturbing but i also say this with caution as well he has a hella juice when you expect this man to fall and drown someone gives this man a damn lifeboat so this episode might not mean shit in the next week or mean shit within tomorrow but as of march 11th 2019 this is still kind of relevant some of you might ask how did trump have a bad week and if you're asking that my friends this episode is for you And if you know how he had a bad week and you just want to listen to me talk shit, (laughs) this is also for you. So stay tuned. But his week really began with, or really it became really worse for him after like the government shutdown and having to declare the state of emergency and then the Democrats basically saying that we're going to block the state of emergency. So after that, fast forward to that, it really went downhill with the Michael Cohen testimony. And by God, was that entertainment! From Cohen's facial expressions to Chairman Cunning's cutting off the GOP and not allowing the GOP to speak after they yielded their time, it was a hoot. I was having a great time in my office just looking at that testimony and listening to it because... And although there wasn't anything blazing in his testimony that we didn't already know, such as paying off porn stars as hush money to keep quiet, Michael Cohen didn't make it easier for the president either. He produced a check that Trump signed 
to reimburse him for the money for the porn star. So in all actuality, that's true, which we all knew it was true. But he produced a check. And he reiterated overhearing conversations with Roger Stone and Trump about WikiLeaks. Moreover, he overheard conversations between Trump and his two children about Russia involvement. Questions that still remains if there was actual collusion and campaign money that was spent to pay off the porn stars. But one thing is for sure, he knows about it all, which refutes his claim. I don't know anything or what I don't know anything about this and I don't know what you're talking about. I find this entertaining on a level that history repeats itself because in Watergate, we thought John Dean was full of shit. And John Dean is the White House lawyer at the time. We thought he was full of shit until you heard the Nixon tapes, which clearly indicated Nixon on having involvement with Watergate. So right now, the testimony might not do too much, but... We will keep that testimony in our back pocket because I guarantee you this probably will come around and bite Trump in the ass. I'm just feeling it that it probably will. To go further, uh, that North Korea summit was a damn waste. This adds on to his woes because Trump came in there thinking that he was going to talk Kim Jong-un down with the nukes. And Kim was like, ha, ha, you fool. The meeting was left with an unclear goal on how to move forward in the future. Kim wanted the sanctions to be lifted off his country. Trump was like, ha, no. Kim probably said, well, fuck you. And Trump was like, well, fuck you too. And that was that. The reason why this pretty much matters is the first summit showed promise. It also showed cases of the man's ability to be diplomatic and to show diplomacy with a foreign entity. We all know that it's never been done for a president to really meet up with a dictator in North Korea. So that was pretty okay. That was a win for Trump. So to go with the second summit and to produce worse results than we thought was going to be produced, it's kind of a Debbie Downer. It was just a lot of overhype and disappointment. It's almost like you were looking forward to like your favorite artist's like second album after the debut album and to know that it was just a flop. It's really, really disappointing. And that's the reason why pretty much that really matters. And the reason why people are looking at Trump sideways because they're like, we thought that you are a person that gets stuff done. You're a great negotiator. You ain't negotiating nothing, bruh. In fact, (laughs) North Korea is so damn bold, they restarted their missile testing site. It's speculatory, but it comes from somewhere. And that is my philosophy. I think speculation comes from places of a deep-rooted truth. So who will know what is to come from that summit? If there is going to be another summit, it probably will be a minute before another summit it is talked about. But 
we shall see. Either way, it just didn't look like a good look. So there's that. Next, this whole clearance issue with his son-in-law doesn't look good for him. This might seem pretty small compared to the first two, but in this situation, he gave his son-in-law top clearance at the White House. His chief, of, his chief of staff at the time, John Kelly, disagreed with it, along with a bunch of other White House counsel and career intelligent committees. They disagreed so much that they wrote a memo about it. I really take memos as a look at this shit is suspect and stupid. And in case this blows up in your face, you can't say everybody was on board with this bullshit. So don't come for me. I disagreed. And I have proof in this damn memo. So that's what I really take memos as. A couple of things here. One, this reiterates Trump's nepotism. I get putting all your people in seats to succeed. People have been doing it for years. If you know this person, you're going to try to bat for them. But what do you do to qualify you for top clearance? I'm still unclear on what Jared Kushner does at the White House. I am so unclear till this day. I'm unclear about what this two-year-old does at the White House. What gives you top clearance level? Other than the fact that you're boning his daughter on a regular day basis. I don't get it. Another thing this shows is two. Even your own cabinet doesn't think this is a good idea. Like, it's just, is it a good look? And of course, you're going to have people who disagree with you. You should have people who disagree with you on your team. This is a life lesson, whether you are president of the United States or whether you are just Joe Blow living his best life, trying to make it out of a dollar and a dream. You should have people who disagree with you because it makes you better. So to think that, Trump thinks everybody likes him and everybody agrees with him and this is such a good idea and stuff like that. It just proves my theory further. Well, it proves further that that is not the case. <laughs> additionally, in addition to the other three, additionally, the House Intelligence Committee is trying to have more people testify. So you know nothing good is going to come from that. And I'm, I just have a... Strong inkling that there is eventually going to be a smoking gun. Although there are people who don't even want to impeach Trump, that is a waste of time because I highly doubt he will be impeached or whatnot unless there is a firm smoking gun that says you colluded with Russia or you used campaign money to pay off these porn stars unless you embezzled or do anything at the highest degree that's impeachable I don't think he's going to be impeached so I kind of agree with Nancy Pelosi when she made that statement earlier this week but my thing is this you're having all these people testify and people thought the same thing about Nixon so somebody is going to bite and there will be some evidence and if there is never any evidence till like the 
second, the end of his second term. All I'm going to say is this. He knows something. He has done something, regardless if you want to believe it or not. It's just only a matter of time. So with all these people that are trying, you have that the Democrats are trying to subpoena to testify. It's only a matter of time. And honestly, I think Orange Cheeto is hot. I think Orange Cheeto is nervous. And I think that he is just in a very uncomfortable position. Moving on. And this has to be one of the things that is the kicker for me. Trump has horrible PR. And I get it. You're a grown ass man and you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. That's the reason why people put you in the office in the first place because you weren't like the rest of them. You told it like it is to some people. You told it like it is and you did what the fuck you wanted to do. But there comes a time and a place for everything. So Trump made a comment saying Kim Jong-un wasn't responsible for the death of Otto Warmbier. Warmbier? I don't know if I'm saying his last name right. He was a college student who died shortly after being returned to the U.S. from being held captive for 18 months in North Korea. Well, his parents didn't appreciate that comment. And mind you, they're Trump supporters. They said that Kim is every bit to blame for the death of their son. It wasn't a good look for him when he said that. It was almost as bad as both sides are to blame for the neo-Nazi rally that killed one person. It, it, it just isn't a bad look. And as the president, there are things that should be done differently that we don't allow to happen for this president. I'm all for accountability. If us commoners have to be held accountable for our actions, you should be too. You're representing us. You're the face of the nation and you're not held accountable on your actions. And that was a low blow because if it had to be anybody who you cared about, you would want retribution for that. Because at the end of the day, you're human. So I think that that was just, Ugh, that was just poor taste on his part. But, you know, I have other comments on that poor taste. And that statement was just bogus as fuck. You know what the fuck that little man did and you're calling and call it like you see it. Call it just like you see it. But I just feel like you pick and choose who you're going to condemn and who you're not. And I feel like that I've been felt like that since Russia has been talked about. In all totality sarcasm and condescending tweets can only take you so far it comes to a point where you need to start acting presidential and with that comes maturity and acting soberly for someone that doesn't drink that man acts like he comes intoxicated to work every freaking day now these weeks this month these past few years has can be totally survivable but there comes a time where you gotta start being holding yourself accountable for these actions and quit playing the victim it comes to that point in time that you have to i'm sorry start acting presidential dare i say it you know uh, you can't mock people on top of not doing shit, like right now, Trump needs a win. I don't care how you see it because that tax plan for some sucks. That wall, 
I don't see it being built by the end of this year or by the end of next year. I don't see it being built. Not at all. And a lot of this also comes from Congress. And Congress plays a big part in moving forward with your agenda. But it comes to a point in time where you have to be accountable for your own actions as the president of the United States. So he can bounce back from this. I have, I see full faith into that, that he can bounce back, but it's also not what they say is what you react to. So I'm going to leave it here. Tell me your thoughts on Trump's week. Should he keep on doing what he's doing? Is it beneficial for him in the country or should he make changes? Let me know. And I actually want to hear from people who support Trump. I want to hear from everyone. But if you support Trump and that's your A1 day one, which is somebody that you really, really mess with heavy, please email civildiligence at gmail.com. You can follow Civil Diligence on Instagram and Facebook, and we can have that conversation. I am so curious to know people's thoughts. And if you're feeling it, come to the mic. I always like to hear people's opinions, and we can. you can tell it, you can text it, you can do what you do, but I'm really curious on how you feel about the nonsense. You can listen to episodes on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and now Stitcher. Woohoo! Yes, I'm on Stitcher. So give it a whirl. If you're not doing anything and you want to visit the website, go ahead and find silverdiligence.com. You'll find blogs and more of my episodes. It's a fun time. Well, you will find blogs. Still working on that. Life happens, guys. Sorry, I'm trying to do better. And I'm actually really excited that Civil Diligence is on CMU Radio. It is a network that I'm a part of with an awesome group of people. So check that out when you get a chance. It's awesome. It's the beginning of new beginnings. The beginning of new beginnings. It is the beginning of new beginnings. Anyway, (laughs) sorry y'all tired. But anyway, as always, be great, be blessed, be in the kingdom, but most importantly, be you. Until next time, guys. Peace.